we're starting a series today called Build This House, and it's from Psalm 127, and it says just this. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And we prayed that the church that would be built, that would be called City Hills Church, we prayed that it would be a church built by God. Not just built by people that, that, that obviously we have a part to play. We're going to talk all about that here today. But we have a part to play. But, but it's, the scripture essentially says that, man, our effort without God's blessing is not enough. That, that our, our, sufficient, our self-sufficiency without being dependent on God is not enough. And so as a church family, we just say, okay, God, we're going to put the pause. We're going to push the pause button on trying to accelerate. We've had a crazy summer. It's been amazing. Um, and I, I, I haven't said this um, just publicly yet about all the things happening. But I want to thank everyone. We, we've had um, our summer XP, which is our first ever kids uh, VBS type experience that was unprecedented. Blew my mind how many kids and then how many volunteers, how organized it was. All that went into that, we went straight from that into our serve day. That was unprecedented as well. We had over 200 volunteers serving our city all at the same time. I think there were six news stories about the church and all the things that you guys were doing, serving widows and orphans and, 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 and military veterans and just homeless people on the street, just loving people. We went straight from that to our students just got back from our from Motion Conference, which was a conference just, just to infuse them with, with, the, with the Holy Ghost. We can pray that God's just hand would be on them like as they go back to school like never before. And, and I wanted to say this. None of that, none would have happened without your generosity. You're the most generous church that I've, ever, that I've ever came in contact with. And you just believe in the vision of what God's doing. And you give and you give and we're able to say yes. You serve and we can say yes. And I just wanted to say, I just feel like I pastor the greatest church in the world. And just wanted to say thank you for all that you do. It's just such a privilege. Could you just give yourself a hand? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> thank you. But I love the month of August just to refocus us on prayer. And specifically, this scripture says that God needs to build, God's wanting to build a house. In other words, we're under construction. I have a friend in Atlanta who's a custom home builder. He has been for years and one of my dearest friends. And every time that we get together, I always want to say, I always say, hey, show me what jobs you're working on now. And it's always fascinating to me to see everything that's under construction. And for me, if that job being finished was up to me, we'd be in trouble, everybody. We'd be, somebody would be getting sued, and it would be me because I wouldn't know where to start. I'm like, well, there's, I know there's supposed to be a door there, and it looks like that's the roof, right? But it's amazing to me in the eyes of the builder how he knows exactly not just what the finished product should look like. See, we all know what the finished product should look like, right? But the builder knows the process. The builder knows what goes in first. And I want the builder, which is our God, to help his house, the church, and our houses individually. I want him to build the house. And that's what I want our prayer to be uh, this, this month. God, build the house. Build the house. And we're not talking about just City Hills Church. We're talking about our house, our lives. We want God to build the house. 
And so what we do, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, we'll be here praying. And then for those of you that it doesn't work for your schedule, um, maybe you have kids at home or like Chris's story, Chris and Kim, they put it on their television in their home and they watched it there. You can watch it in your car as you drive. But we pray together. We live stream it every single morning so that you can do that. And as you leave, we have a prayer guide that you can take. And every day is a different prayer focus. And then there's also a ton of prayer resources in there. And then there's some, there's some uh, bands out there, some wristbands that just say, Build the House in Psalm 127. And I, I just, they're all, that's all free. You've already paid for that through your generosity. But just take one of these, and it, I promise it'll help you as we enter this journey together. But as I was processing this Build the House, I thought, well, if we're going to build a house, or we're going to build a church, or we're going to build a life, shouldn't we look at the church that God built first? Like, and see what was at the foundation of the early church. So that's what I want us to do today. I want to give an element to you that I believe is the foundation, was the foundation of the early church. And by the grace of God, it, will, it has been and will remain the foundation of our local church of City Hills. And that's simply of prayer. If you have your message notes, take them out. We're, uh, we're, we're going to look at the early church. And then I just want to fire you up about prayer this morning. Here's... Um, Jesus was clear about the church he was wanting to build. He got really upset at one point in his ministry where he went to the temple and there were all kinds of people that had turned the temple into just this money-making thing. They were selling, um, they, were, they were making it nothing more than just a shop to buy things. And Jesus made a whip of cords and started throwing tables over. He was upset and he said this, You, my house, is to be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. How, do, how many of you know church can be what you make it? Your house, your home can be what you make it. And I believe God says the house that I want, the church that I want, the home that I want, the foundation, it's a house of prayer. He didn't say it's a house of worship. Nothing wrong with worship. Didn't say it's a house of singing. Nothing wrong with singing. He didn't say it's a house of, 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 of preaching or of teaching. Nothing wrong with those. But the core of it all, he said, I want my house to be a house of prayer. So that's my prayer. God, let this house be a house of prayer. So let's look at the early church and the house that he built as an introduction here today. Here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, the early church was born in prayer. The early church was born in prayer. Prayer was the very beginning of the first day of what, of what the church was. The early church in the book of Acts, you should read it. It's an incredible story of God's miraculous power in the church. After Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, he spent 40 days teaching his disciples who would become the apostles. And in this time, he told them, hey, I want you to go, I want to endue you with a power from on high. We're going to talk about that later in the series. God says, I know you've experienced the resurrection, but I want to give you a power to be a witness and to make a difference in the world. He said, but you need to wait for it. And here's how they waited. This is what preceded the very beginning of the church, which was the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It says this in Acts 1.14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. And it describes who was there. The women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with all of his brothers. And in this season of prayer that they spent, and it wasn't just one day. That's why we're doing 21 days. It wasn't just an, a moment of prayer. It was a season of prayer. It was 10 days of prayer. And in the middle of that prayer, the Scripture says in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit fell. And the world, as, as, as they knew it, completely changed. And we are where we are today. The Gospels come all the way around the world because of 
the church being born in prayer. But here's the second thing. That not just the church was born in prayer, the early church was sustained, and I added this in, by bold prayer. A lot of times when we think of prayer, we don't, we don't think of prayer. I added the word bold because we don't think of prayer as being very bold, do we? We think of prayer as being timid, like petting a lamb and just reciting a perfect little prayer. You know, we, 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 if I said right now, um, let us pray, about half of us in the room would say, hmm? put our eyes, eyes closed and head down. Well, the Bible never says that, and not one time. But we've made prayer something that it wasn't biblically. And, and, and because of that, it's, it's boring to us and it's not life-giving. And that's what I love about 21 days of prayer. If you come and experience that, it is New Testament prayer that's exciting and incredible. Because the early church was not just a bow your head, close your eyes, say a silent prayer over the meal kind of church. They were sustained by bold prayer in the midst of impossibility. That prayer shaped the early church. Prayer made the early church just a group of people, turned an ordinary group of people into a group of world changers, literally. I just did a cursory look through the book of Acts, and I just want to show you, this is in your notes, Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in what? The apostles' teaching or doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. And when they continued in prayers, verse 43 says, Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the ordinary apostles when they prayed. Acts 4.31, not in your notes, but it is on the screen. It says, And when they had prayed, can you say that with me? Prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. What a prayer. Would you describe your prayer experience like that? That when we prayed, the whole house was shaken. Church, that's the kind of prayer we're supposed to be a part of. The, pray, the place where they were praying, it was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spake the word of God with boldness. There was a lady in Acts 9 that had passed away in the church. Her name was Dorcas. There's your name if you're looking for one. In the middle of this impossibility, it says Peter put everybody out of the room, knelt down and prayed, and he turned to the body of the dead girl and said, Arise! And she opened her eyes and stood up on her feet. Prayer. Acts 12, 5. Peter was kept in prison because of him preaching the gospel. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And there was a jailhouse rock that took place because of the prayer. Acts 16, another jailhouse rock took place when at midnight Paul and Silas started singing and started praying and an earthquake came at midnight and God did a miracle and, and touched the, the jailer there in the city of Philippi, started a revival and now we even have the book of Philippians today because somebody prayed. And here's the reality. Maybe you're like, oh, that's cute. That's really awesome for them. That's great. But what you'll find, and I love this little tidbit about the book of Acts, and we're going to continue to talk about this as the weeks go on. But every book of the New Testament ends with a definitive amen or a, hey, this is the closing of the book. It's over. But you'll find one book that as you read it, if it feels like it just ends without an amen, like you're in the middle of the story and it just ends. And Acts chapter 28 is the end of the book of Acts. And then it's like, oh, oh that, well, that ended abruptly and to which I would say because the book of Acts was never supposed to end that the way that this early church lived that's how we're called to live too with boldness and fervor in the midst of impossibility through 
prayer. Through prayer. So how do we do this? I want to fire you up for prayer. I dare you to pray. I really do. I dare you to believe God, not just for a now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer, not just a praying for the meal kind of prayer, not just a Lord let the hot light at Krispy Kreme be on kind of prayer. That's a good prayer to pray, church. But a bold prayer. If you want to take some extra notes, here's something about bold prayer. Bold prayer honor God. Bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God's looking for somebody being willing that's willing to pray a bold prayer. I want to tell you, God's not offended by your biggest dreams and boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. Amen, that if our prayers aren't impossible to us, I believe they're offensive to God. I believe if we're not praying for God to do the big things in our life, we're missing out on who our God is. I challenge you during this 21 days of prayer to pray some prayers worthy of your God. I mean, think about it. In your, in your guide here, there is a, uh, there's a prayer card. And maybe some have filled it out, but if you could, I wish you would wait to fill this out to the very end of the service. Because I want you to pray a prayer, put a request on there that you would say, only God could do this. Only God could bring this through. Because I believe when we start believing for God to do the impossible, when we start lifting up impossible needs to Him, God says, awesome, I'm about to show you how good I am. I'm about to show you how great I am. See, prayers are prophecies. They're the biggest predictors of your spiritual future. If you want to have a great life, you need to pray some great prayers. You won't find someone in the scripture that God used in a great way that didn't ask for him to do the impossible in our lives. See, ultimately, the script of our life, the transcript of our life becomes a script of our prayers. And I want to challenge somebody, dare somebody, to pray some bold, some bold prayers for God during this 21 days. And church, we're going to see it happen. We're going to see God do the impossible as we pray. To not just pray, now I lay me down to sleep prayers. And speaking of, that's one of the freakiest prayers ever, is it not? <laughs> Don't teach your kids that. No one, that's why I had so many nightmares as a kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. It's kind of weird, but okay. I'll go with it. If I die. Wait a second. I don't want to die. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Good night, son. Have a good restful evening. <laughs> Think about the things we call pray, prayer. We tell people all the time, praying for you. Are we really? And I'm guilty of that. So guilty. That prayer just becomes part of our Christianese culture in the Bible Belt. And God says it was meant to be an atom bomb of power. This is a weapon that literally can change time and space if you realize what you have. To illustrate that, I want to take you to a passage in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, where Joshua, the leader, I feel like we've talked about Joshua a lot lately. I like this. We've been talking about Joshua, and Joshua is at a time in his life where he was up against a wall. He needed victory in his life. The enemy had come against him, and he didn't know how he was going to win. And Joshua chapter 10, verse 7, says this, that Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of his best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Don't be afraid of them, for I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. 
And after an all-night march to Gilgal, what timeout? I find it interesting that the battle hasn't even taken place yet, and God's already told Joshua, I've already given them into your hand. God speaks about Joshua's victory in the past tense, and it hasn't even happened yet. I want somebody to get a hold of this. I know what's facing you in your life. It may look impossible, but do you know if you could see it from heaven's perspective, it's already done? In other words, the things that have us terrified, God's already has under his feet. It's like Jesus walking on the water to the disciples. He, they were terrified. Professional fishermen terrified. But the thing that had them fearful, Jesus already had under his feet. Church, could I just encourage you today? I know it looks impossible, but it's not impossible with God. In other words, Joshua, you're not fighting for victory. The victory's already been won. You were just fighting from victory. You're, you're, you're fighting a fight of faith and it's already taken care of. That's why the scripture calls us, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Why are we more than conquerors? Because he is made, he's the conqueror and he says, okay, I want to make you a little bit more because I've already, I've already won the battle and I'm just going to, I'm just going to show the, I'm just going to give the devil another black. It's already done. More than conquerors. Through who? Not through us, through Christ and what he's done. So, verse 9, after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise, and the Lord threw them in confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Verse 11, as they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horizon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. I love that because I think a lot of times we get real impressed with what we can do. We get real self-sufficient. I'm going to grow my company. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make money. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. God says, let me show you what I can do. See, your work, in your work, you get the best of what you can do. When you pray, you get the best of what God can do. I promise his best is always better than ours. And it goes, it goes on to say, in verse 12, that on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, I love this, sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, just talking to the moon just personally, you, over there, the moon, that's right, you, I'm looking at you. Over the valley of Agilon, he said, stand still. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Time out. The sun did what? Stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged itself of its enemies? Whoa. You're saying because Joshua looked up and prayed a bold prayer that the sun actually stopped in the cosmos and the moon stopped in the cosmos and an intergalactic DVR took place. Pause. And God said, go ahead and get your victory now. And when it was done, unpause, and then the night came. Church, I want to tell you there's nothing impossible with God. Can I fire you up about prayer? Don't just pray these now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayers. I dare you to pray for God to do the impossible. I dare you to, on your card, this prayer request, I dare you to write something on there that whenever it happened, you would say only God could do it. I love Joshua's boldness in his faith. He just figured if God created the world, he could stop it for a few moments and to do it. Do you know if God's, God is the creator of your body, God is the creator of this earth, God's in charge. It may look like other people around you are in charge, but I want to say today, God's in charge. Amen. 
He's in control. And you may feel like giving up. Life may have beat the vision out of you. You may feel hopeless and helpless because of an ongoing situation in your life. But could you just get your faith up a little bit during these 21 days and believe that we serve a God that can do the impossible? He goes on to say, it was written in the book of Jasher. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a day. Pretty awesome. There's never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Wow. God wants to fight for you. Then Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. I want to give you three ideas about praying bold prayers before we go here today. Here's the first one. I challenge you, pray the bold prayer even if your problem looks bigger than your promise. I dare you to pray the bold prayer, the impossibility, even if your problem problem that you're facing looks bigger than the promise that you have what you find about this story is that Joshua had two things in his hands number one he had a promise and that's where it started in verse 8 he says there's not going to be an enemy that stands against you that I'm going to take care of every enemy that you fight that what is that that's a promise and then what happened a problem came up in his life church can I tell you at all times you have in your hand a promise and a problem at all times you have in your hand a promise that God's on your side, that God has a plan and purpose for your life, and, it, and the problem that you have. Too many times we put too much focus on the problem instead of the promise. We put too much focus on the things we don't understand, on the promise, I mean on the problem instead of on the promise. I love what Paul writes to, first, to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 verse 18. Uh, it, it says this, it's on the screen, it says, Timothy, my son... Here are the instructions for you. I love this. Based on the prophetic words spoken out about you earlier, he says, may they help you to fight well in the Lord's battles. Isn't that good? In other words, there's a weapon that God's given you for your battle, and the weapon is the word of God. Timothy had some prophetic words that were spoken over his life. You want to know what God's will is over your life? See, the thing I love about Joshua's prayer, he didn't say, Lord... Let the sun stand still, if it be thy will. Don't we do that? If it be thy will, let the sun stand still. Because I would never want to pray something that would, that would not be right. And here's the reality. You pray something that's not right, God's not going to do it anyway. <laughs> God's like, oh, I didn't really want to do that. But they said they wanted to. No. I love his boldness. He had a, and you know why he was, could pray this? Because he had a promise. He could pray this because it wasn't just out of the middle of nowhere. He just had a promise that he was holding on to the promise more than he was the problem. And do you know this? You have a promise. You want to say, well, I don't know if it's God's will. If it's in his word, it's his will. So here in, here in your, I love this. Here in, uh, here in this guide that you have here that you can pick up on your way out, it has all kinds of things, but one of them is praying the scripture. And I was studying this morning, and I, got, I was getting fired up about this. Because there are some things in the Scripture, I believe many times we live far below our privilege when we could pray the Word of God over our lives, and I believe the sun would stand still. I love this. Uh, oh, I love this. Deuteronomy 28, 12. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of His bounty, and send rain on your land in the season to bless all the work of your hands. Romans 8, 38. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love 
love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is that you are the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And there's verse after verse after verse. Church, I dare you to get a hold of the promise more than the problem during this 21 days. I mean, pick up a promise. Put, if you came over my house, you would see in the bathrooms, I have scriptures that are, that are, uh, that are taped to the mirrors. As you walk out of my door, there's a scripture taped to my door. My children's doors, there's a scripture. On our table, there's a scripture. And it's been reminding me everywhere I go that, you know what? I'm not going to live below, my priv- below the privilege that God has for me. And every time the enemy comes against me, I got a weapon to use. I think a lot of things we say, well, if it's just God's will, if, you know, if it happens, it's God's will. God says, no. God has a will that no one should perish. But we have a part of the process, right? Get a hold of that promise more than the problem. Here's the second thing. Pray the bold prayer. I love this one. Even if you've made a mistake. When you read the context of Joshua 9 and 10, what you'll find is the reason he was fighting this battle was because he had a... He had a wrong allegiance with someone God told him not to get in allegiance with. So he was fighting, get, get a hold of this. He was fighting a battle he shouldn't have had to fight. You know, I love that because I think a lot of times I'm fighting battles that I wish. And I think that stops us from praying bold prayers, honestly. I think it's a tool of the enemy. Because not only does he tempt us to do the wrong thing, then after we do the wrong thing, he fills us with guilt and shame because we've done the wrong thing. And all the while, God's just saying, if you'd come to me and help me, if you come to me, I'd bless you. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm just looking for someone that I can work through. Maybe you say, well, I got myself into debt. I'm not going to ask God because, you know, I'm kind of getting what I deserve right now. My marriage, you know, it's the way it is because I've been messing up and it's my fault and, and I've made a mistake. And you know what? I'm not going to go to God because I'm just getting what I deserve. Do you know God specializes in taking your worst mistake and turning into his greatest miracle? God's not looking for perfect people to work through. He's just looking for people. Maybe you say, well, I have, you know, my kids, the reason they are the way they are is because, I mean, I have years of my life where I was doing the wrong thing. And, man, who am I to pray for God to save them? You know, I should have been there before. God says, don't let your mistake rob you of your miracle. In the middle of his mistake, he cried out to God. And, you know, God specializes in taking our mistakes and using them for good. I love Joshua's prayer wasn't even right. It wasn't even right because... We understand now through astronomy that it's not the sun that revolve and the moon that revolve around the earth, right? I hope you know that. You're learning some things this morning. But it's actually us. Actually, the moon is revolving around us, and then we are revolving around the sun. And you notice Joshua didn't say, well, Lord... I pray that you would have us stop revolving around the sun for a moment and have the moon. It's re- I know it's revolving around us, but if you could have the moon just stay right there where it is. If you notice, he just prayed what he knew to pray. He just said, God, would you help me? I, I look at this thing, and if it goes down, then I don't know what to do. He just said, sun, stand still, moon. Hey, you, 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 moon. You stand still too. And the scripture says God did it in his life. Don't let your mistake talk you out of your miracle. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, a famous scripture about prayer. God says, When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, 
if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. It's a famous scripture about prayer, but the thing that I noticed about this scripture was the reason they were dealing with calamities because of their own sin. There was things happening in their world, consequences of their sin, but God says, hey, if my people would just come to me, they'll cry out to me, if they'll repent. God says, I will heal their land, I will forgive their sin, I will do more in their life than they could ever imagine. Don't let your mistakes stop you from praying the big prayer. I want to set somebody free with that. Here's the, here's the third thing. Pray the big prayer even if it requires a walk. <laughs> even if it requires a walk. I love this about Joshua's story that it said that they walked all night. They were praying the big prayer, but they were also walking and walking and walking. In other words, he wasn't just praying for things. He, was, he wasn't just laying back and praying for things. He was working with God. Like he, he understood he had a part to play in the process of what God was going to do in his life. And I love this season that we're entering into, 21 days of prayer, because it's not a, okay, we're going to, as a church, we're going to do a two-minute and 50-second time of prayer, okay? No, it's 21 days. And I promise, after about the, the part of Chris's testimony, there's so much good things. Every time we do a testimony, there's always so many good things. You can't ever put it all because we only have about a two-and-a-half, three-minute attention span. So um, we, don't, we don't just... Put 20, 30 minutes up. But one of the things he says in his story, he said the first day was powerful of 21 days of prayer. Second day, they had a technical difficulty. Internet was messed up. And they were like, well, this, you know, this wasn't very good. He said, and then the third day, in other words, as he persisted, God started doing things in his life. And I want to encourage you to persist. Don't stop. And, and if I could, as a pastor, tell you this, don't be surprised when crazy things start happening. Maybe you've been in a season these last few days. You're like, man, I feel overwhelmed. I feel depressed. I feel like stuff's against me. That's the enemy because you're about to enter into a season. Then you get in the middle of the season. It feels like everything's coming against you. It feels like, you know, the car's breaking down. Every, you know, it's just like whenever you commit to give God. Every, every time. Say if you've not been a tither, which is a percentage giver, when God blesses you, you say, I'm going to tithe on it. I promise you. Right when you say, okay, God, I'm going to do that, the, the, the wheels are, you're going to need new wheels and your car's going to break down. Right there. I always tell people, just know that's, that's opposition. Opposition should let you know you're heading in the right direction. So even if it requires a walk, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, musicians, you could come, says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Here's another part, though. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He says, hey, I want to bless you, God says. Without faith, you can't please me. But when you come to God, you, you need to believe that he is. But here's the second thing. You need to believe that he wants to reward you. God wants to reward you. But notice this in this scripture, that the reward is not for the finder. The reward is for the seeker. You ever prayed before and you felt like, man, I just felt like I didn't find God? I promise during these 21 days, there'll be some days you're like, well, I should have just stayed in bed. But I promise as you seek God, the reward is for the seeker. 
the reward has been set aside for the seeker. God says, I'm just waiting to see who's, who's going to seek me. I don't care if they're young. I don't care if they're old. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what their background is. Maybe they've been in church. Maybe this is your first time to be at church. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. God says, hey, I'm looking to reward someone who's willing to seek me. Some years ago, my family and I were living in Florida, and my mom gave me a call and said, hey, um, hey, Brandon, you have money you didn't know about. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, what a beautiful name it is. I said, where is this money you speak of? Show it to me. She said, well, there's this website in Kentucky called Unclaimed Property. And if you've ever um, bought a warranty, if you've ever uh, got a rebate or uh, something, some type of money and they couldn't find you, then they put it in this system and you just request it. And after you request it, it's, it's yours. But here's the deal, it was yours already. You just didn't possess it. So I went online in the name of Jesus and I had like $54 that the Lord had provided. <laughs> they got me thinking, how many things has, do I have in Christ that's been provided for me that's just waiting on me to request it? Say, Lord, your word says... I'm the head, not the tail. I don't feel like that right now. I feel like I'm the tail of the tail. The Lord, you, you said, ask. I'll give the nations to you. You said, you have a good plan and purpose. Lord, you said you'd work all things together for good. Lord, you said you were going to do something great in and through my life. And I believe it's been provided, but we need to request it. We need to ask God for the impossible prayer. Because our story is like Joshua's story. The victory's already been won. Could you think through that? It's a pretty big thing to think through. The victory's been won, but in the process of that victory, there was an impossible prayer that God knew Joshua would pray. And here's the question. Was the point, the prayer, was God like, oh man, I was not about to do the victory, but... No, the point was this, so that thousands of years later, you and I would be talking to each other about a God who makes the sun stand still. And many times your problem's not even about your problem. It's so that God can show himself strong in your problem. And then for the rest of your life and everyone that's ever met you, you'll say, oh, God's a healer. People say, well, I don't know if he's a healer. You say, no, 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 no. He healed my body. And because he healed my body, I know he can do it in your life. And God made a way for me where there was no way. And God provided supernaturally for me. Pray the big prayer. Let's trust God. Receive it. It's there. You just got to request it here. So as we pray, I dare you to on that card put an impossible prayer. And we're going to believe God to do it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you call us beyond ourselves. Thank you that this 
thing, this living for you, this Christianity. Lord, it's not some just empty religion that we're walking through the motions to make ourselves feel better morally, God, but it is a power. There is something supernatural that can change the world around us, God, that we have something, we have access to an unlimited God. Lord, and that you invite us to ask for the sun to stand still. Oh, what an incredible thing that we have an opportunity to be part of. So, Lord, I pray for the good people that are here this morning. I pray that you, Lord, like the story we heard earlier, Lord, would just fire some people up, Lord, to seek after you. Lord, because there are, impos- there are impossible things that are going to happen as we seek you, God. Help us to circle the big things in prayer. Help us to look up at the sun. Say, hey, sun, you stand still. Hey, moon, you stand still. Why? Because God's promised I have a victory in store for my life. Lord, we trust you and we love you in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit is in this place convicting hearts and lives and saying, hey, this is a fresh start today. This is an opportunity to, for your life to be forever changed. Maybe the sun to stand still. You needed the sun to stand still in your life. There was one other time in the scripture where the sun stands, where, where, where there was cosmic change that took place. And it was when Joshua prayed and it was when Jesus, when it was whenever Jesus, your Savior, our Savior was crucified you say, well, I don't know if the sun can stand still. If you'll receive what Jesus has done, the sun will stand still in your life today by grace through faith. So if that's you today, I want to pray with you. We're just going to pray it together. Just say, Jesus, you're the only one that can save me. So right now, would you save me? Would you make the sun stand still in my life? I give my past, present, and future to you. I need you. Fill me with your spirit. I want to be forever changed give my life to you now and forever be my lord my savior be my god i give my life to you jesus right now in jesus name amen amen church can we just give god a hand clap of praise all over the house so awesome so awesome here's what we're going to do let's stand to our feet here's what i want us to do that prayer request that you had again an impossibility impossibility you're circling challenge you. Find the impossibility of your circle. As we sing this song, I invite you to come down and lay it here on the stage. Every morning there's going to be people that we're going to not just circle that just you individually. We're all going to be praying for it together. So if there's something that you don't want your name on or something, just, just write, it, write it in code. Alright? Unspoken. Or write whatever. But we're going to we're going to pray and we're going to believe God to do that. So hey, as we sing this song, why don't you come and just lay it down here down front on the altar. We're just going to do, we're going to believe it. We're going to see the sun stand still. We're going to see the dead raised. We're going to see blinded eyes open. We're going to see thousands and thousands of people come to Jesus Christ. We're going to see churches planted, missionaries sent, teenagers who turned into world changers for God and kids lives set on fire with the power of God. We're going to see the world change. The sun stand still in our city, in our day. This church is not just something of the past. It's for Acts 29. It's a church that never ends. It's the book that never ends. God's got a great plan and purpose in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you draw everyone who needs prayer in Jesus' name. So why don't you come? 